Welcome to the podcast, the host with the most, where we're at the most, well, we are the Big Dog Ball Talk. Jordan, how's it going? It's doing good, Matt. I um, just finished watching uh, the first Harry Potter film. Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking about introducing you instead of saying, uh, hey everybody, uh, welcome to one hour late of Big Dog Ball Talk because uh, Jordan Flegel was busy entranced in the world of witchcraft and wizardry. Which which, yeah. which Harry Potter were you divulging in today? The first one, the first nice. one, because we're, one. we're, what? Are you, are you? No, say you, it, say it to my face. Joke, right? Yeah, that's right. You back down. Talk to me with some respect. You're joking with me? You think the no. first one is the well, best? Well, actually, that's not true. The first two are the best ones. I love the second one. Are you? Okay. I, I, I love it. Think, I love it. I like, that's the one I watched the kids, right man. Now. That was the best. The third, well, the first two are kind of throwaways for me. First of all, I don't really care about them. I watch them as like a formality. Everything beyond that is the third one is the best. The third one is the best by far. And then you have, you know, you have five and six, which I really like. I don't like four for some reason, even though I should like it. It has, you know, it has all the qualities of a good movie. I, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of four, but you're wrong about one and two. No, I'm but not. screw you. Uh, I'm just happy to be back into it. This is my once, once a year, always in November uh, between Halloween and Christmas activity. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. Hey, do you think, because, again, you're getting into it, and, I mean, it's, they, they played in the first one. And I'll ask you two questions. One, do you think you would be good at Quidditch fake? Yes. In the, you, no, you'd be horrible. I'll tell you that right now, and I'll tell you why. Why would you ask the, why would you ask the yeah, question? Because I, well, I, I want to see if you actually have some self-awareness, and I'll tell you why, man. What, what would you do? You wouldn't be what fast position? enough to be a seeker. You're not What position would I play? Eater, and you're definitely not a goalkeeper, man. You wouldn't be able to put the team on your back like that. What, what would you do? You could be I would. Proud. No, hey, I'd be the – Listen, listen to me, uh, sh- Matt. I would be the equivalent, whatever the like a uh, midfielder is in Quidditch. I'd I get the trans, I'd transition the quaffle or whatever the fuck the the, the defense would pass <laughs> it to waffle? me. I, I would hit ahead to to the attackers, and I I mm. get so many assists, Matt. If they keep track of them in Quidditch, I'm not sure. I would you'd get so like, many assists, it would blow your mind. You'd be like Pat I would be Everdeen. Yeah, man. I would be like, who's a good mid- midfielder? And uh, uh, freaking Michael Bradley or whatever the fuck his name is. TFC yeah, guy. Sure. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be setting guys up left and right, playing a little bit of defense. I, I'm kind of the, the Swiss, Swiss Army knife. You know this, Matt? No, I, that's not true. Um, okay, but this, I would be concerned about you. You could be like the mascot or something. Hey, what are you I, talking about? I would be a beater. I'd be beating the hell out of people, and then I'd probably have some sweet. Like I just, like I just take that. I'd be like, no, fuck it. I'm gonna grab the snitch out of the air, one handed. I don't think you're allowed. I don't think you're allowed to like. Ooh, I'm not allowed to. Okay, to, who's gonna stop me? Dumbledore. That guy's would a lose. <laughs> uh, second question. You'd be one of the guys who falls off their room and you know falls down the w- below where all the people are watching. Like only if the team needed me to, man. Only if the team yeah. needed me to. Uh, second question. Do you think you would be good at Quidditch in real life? Have you seen people that play Quidditch in real life? Like they like it's kind I've of like seen it. It's kind of physical. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that like some people play like they I don't tackle. Think and there's just some guy running around like a yellow leotard and you have to catch him. <laughs> so we've played Quidditch at my summer camp, but uh, my summer camp is full of a bunch of uh, hippie kids. Uh, anyone <laughs> from Unicamp, if you're listening, no offense, but we're not the strongest at sports. Um, but um, it was, yeah, we didn't really follow the official Quidditch, Quidditch rules, but yeah, there was one dude just painted in fucking gold spray paint and we let him run free through the whole camp and then we picked the two fastest kids to go chase him for for two hours it was it was a lot of fun yeah that does and, sound fun. uh and we we the, the the goals were just fucking hula hoops on sticks man yeah, there you we go just taped them to sticks and uh it did get pretty physical i will say even even you know if you just let let them go so i don't think like it, the real ones like the the real quidditch because like universities play it and shit like oh yeah it's like a, a like a varsity club it's not like obviously varsity yeah club. It's exactly. like a, they, they do play it like intercollegiate but i don't think there's like fouls in the same way like i'm sure you can't like deck someone but you can sure. definitely like go shoulder to shoulder and like oh there, yeah there's yeah. no way that nice you know net. yeah yeah exactly I, I would suck i would suck at the real thing i need to be in the air i need to be like in the wizarding <laughs> yeah. world to be See, good i'll give I you don't want to fuck around with this I, I would be I probably would be bad because I'm scared of heights. Yeah, so yeah, that you'd might be the opposite. Me. Now that I'm thinking I, but you'd, of it, that you'd might be a little 
but you'd be a little fucking uh, fire hydrant uh, if you're doing it in real life. Like you should try it out. You, it, I, it, I, I wish our I, university I, Ryerson, to... formerly Ryerson, had a team. Ryerson did have a team actually. I've never seen them practice a couple times. It was kind of awkward, but I should mean, have yeah, tried I mean, out. Could have been, could have been fun. Uh, and and my my last Harry Potter thing. When I look at these guys, sometimes I think I'm like, without magic, would they actually be able to ball out? Would these guys be able to play like real sports? And because uh, again, I, I mean, it's a famous tweet. It's like I can't believe because the Harry Potter series is technically set in the '90s, and it's like, how is nobody yeah. ever just be like, wow, Chicago Bulls, what a run? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, on, on the real though, I mean, like, I think that some of these guys would definitely fit like the, like the stereotypes. Like, I mean, like Hagrid probably would have been putting up like 35 and 20 and would have been oh. like Duke full scholarship. He would have been a beast. Dumb, Dumbledore, I swear, is like seven True. feet tall too. Uh, I mean, w- in his younger days, he's like Bill Walton. Like he, he's yeah. the old guy yep. now, the sage old guy. But back in the day, back in 77, he was, uh, he was an all-around center, man. I could see that happening for sure. And I, I, I already know, based on his Quidditch time, uh, Draco Malfoy, he'd be the, the kid that, like, he wears – like he, has, oh. he, he would wear a supreme shooting sleeve. No question He would about be it. like Lee. Ed Remember man. that kid Lee? Remember that kid Lee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he would, he would wear all the – he would have the bu- double arm sleeves. He'd have the leg sleeve. Yeah. He'd have the pads on, man. He'd have a he'd head. Have, yeah. he, he'd be, like, the quintessential curry kid. That just yeah, yeah. pulls up and does these crazy step backs, but doesn't do anything else, doesn't hit anything. He would be brutal. But uh, everybody, it's big dog ball talk. We're here to talk NBA. It's enough Harry Potter, but I'm sure uh, our listeners were enthralled in that one. Uh, yeah, everybody loves Harry Potter. I mean, if you don't, that's kind of you, you're 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 in the minority. So feel bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, we got a stack show. Uh, a lot to a lot to cover right now, uh, and we're gonna kick it off right now. It's been kind of topical, and we've definitely given this team a ton of love. Uh, and obviously his name has come up a lot. We even uh, early on, I, I'd like to say we got on this t- on this bandwagon before everybody else. Uh, so again, yeah. that's why you got to keep tuning in every Monday and Friday to hear these takes. We're pretty much telling you the future. We could have already made you a lot of money if you had been listening. Yeah, we, to us. It's true. Uh, so don't be stupid. Listen to us now. Uh, but Demar Derozan is really putting himself in that MVP case uh, in that conversation. I mean, he's he's putting up excellent numbers on uh, one of the best teams in the East. And he's, he's been taking over in the fourth and we're kind of seeing, you know, uh, a resurgence in Demar's career, which uh, I, again, I will say I didn't expect, but I'm loving and I'm appreciating watching it happen. So, uh, I mean, Jordan, I, I'd love to hear your take. I mean, what, what do you think about DeRozan as a legitimate MVP contender? Yeah, well, he's definitely right there right now, considering how well the Bulls have played and uh, what, what he's doing for this club. Like I, I don't think if all if they had all the other pieces like we we can talk about Chicago a little bit you know and how everything's really fitting together uh, with them you know with the Caruso signing and with Lonzo Ball there now um, and Vucevic has been out so you know but you know he contributed in his in his own special way so far this season yeah uh, even though he hasn't had the best best season but if they had all those other even if they had all those other pieces and they didn't have DeRozan I don't think they'd be where they are now I think they'd be maybe like maybe a game or two over 500, but they wouldn't have, uh, look like this dominant team. Like I think he's been their most important player by far, even more than Levine because he has so much, like he, he's a true like veteran now. And he has been for a couple of years, but he's been stuck down there in San Antonio where he hasn't really been able to showcase, uh, you know, what he can still do. Like he was, you know, at the peak of his sort of physical powers, uh, you know, he was 28 years old when he was traded away from Toronto. Um, but you can see in that time, you know, you can see all of his experience out there on the floor now. Like he's maybe not the same explosive guy, like throwing down dunks, mm. you know, every few possessions like he was uh, early on in his career in Toronto. But he has kind of he, he just has taken all the little things uh, that he's learned over the years and now just kind of looks like he can score on anyone and at any time. Like the, he, he, he's always had like a dangerous mid-range game. Uh, you know, everyone knows that he's been one of the most you know deadly at that. Yeah. Um, specific yeah. skill uh, you know it's kind of a dying art in the league right now but he's been good uh, for his whole career but he used to you know honestly in Toronto kind of take bad ones like ill-advised ones ones that were a little maybe a little bit too tough and you could see him get kind of flustered sometimes but now it just looks like he knows exactly what to do you know he knows all you know he's seen all the coverages a hundred times before he knows he, he's become especially in San Antonio he really worked on this skill of you know passing uh, and setting yeah. other guys up um, and being a playmaker and so, you know, now if, you know, if he, if he gets doubled, he, he knows exactly where to put the ball and, you know, he's spraying it around to, to all these guys who can shoot it on Chicago uh, and are playing really well. 
but you know he's drawing that attention and when you know when he when he does get an open shot uh he he just he's, he's nailing everything and uh you know even as a guy who is not known as a three-point shooter he's still not shooting very many right now for you know compared comparably to you know other people uh, at his at his position other swing men you know for shooting sure, guard yeah. small forward fours um but he's shooting 35 percent right now which is by far a a, a career high for him in three-point percentage well he's, uh, he's only them like pretty often too which is the the interesting thing like i i think it was uh just the yeah. other day he had three in the first half of a game which i mean looking back i mean if DeRozan had three threes in the game that was something to be like wow that, that that's a great game for him yeah and like i think he's he's proving like and this will be interesting to see like in the playoffs he might not get this shot as often but he's proving that he can make an open three yeah like if he's open in the corner or something he can hit it he's not going to make you know that many uh tough threes or threes off the dribble or even like catch and shoot threes uh you know where, where he's got to get a release off quickly but if he's open he can hit them and he's taking just under three per game right now but like he's never really taken that many the most he ever took was in uh 2018 he took 3.6 per game and that was his career high this is the second most so far that he's ever taken in a season and uh 35% is pretty pretty average uh for the league like that that's yeah. not something that's going to hurt you if he's going to shoot it at that clip um and he's averaging the second most points that he's ever averaged uh in his career and so like when i thought he came to when he came to chicago in this offseason uh like i didn't think he even necessarily needed to be this good for the bulls to be okay like i thought levine was going to be you know by far sort of outscoring him scoring more late in games, that sort of thing. And yeah, DeMar is kind of the guy through the middle of a game that kind of, you know, is your playmaker, you know, he's going to pick his spots, but it's kind of been the other way around in a lot of these games where DeRozan is the go-to guy. Uh, they're getting it to him and he's scoring at the highest clip that basically, you know, aside from one year there where he, we averaged 27 through the year, he's, he's at just under 27 right now per game. And um, looking at his assists here, four assists per game and five boards. Um, so he's, he's doing it all over the place. And before I kick it to you playing good defense, uh, yeah. he's got a kind of a bad rap, uh, especially, um, down there in San Antonio where, you know, it's repeated over and over again by the stat nerds that Spurs were always better when he was on the bench. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when you look at sort of the advanced stats and all that, and a lot of people assume that was because he was really not very good on defense, but I think especially in a place like San Antonio, he, I don't think he had that much motivation to be like this really, really good sort of lockdown defensive guy. Like he's, yeah. a, he's a hell of an athlete even now uh, at, you know, he's in his early thirties um, and, you know, he's got long arms. He's got a good frame. Like he can be a good defender when he tries. I always thought that in Toronto, I, you know, everyone said, Oh, he's horrible. I never thought he was that, that bad. Um, he's just not the most like defensive minded guy, but so far in Chicago, you know, he's motivated. He sees that this team can win and you know how good it can be when they're all clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been impressed with his defense too, not just his offense. Yeah. And, and again, I think that uh, a lot of taglines get developed, you know, when the, when it matters most, which is the playoffs. And we've talked about this in the past, but I think that, you know, the DeMar is bad on defense. It, it really was exemplified. And like, there was a spotlight put on it, you know, when he was playing yeah. bad offensively. So then it was not yeah. only, you know, oh, well, because again, if he's averaging 26 points, nobody's really going to, you know, they're not going to care. You're, you're putting up big, like almost like league leading numbers. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's not It kind of counters it out. Uh, but no, I agree. I think, yeah, he's, he's not a defensive minded guy. Like the IQ isn't quite there on the defensive end, but again, that's not his game. Uh, I mean, uh, you, it's the same thing with, you know, other, other guys in the league, you know, sometimes they, you know, they can't, sh- they can't make an open layup, uh, but yeah. you know, they can clamp you all the way down. I mean, look at like a guy like Tony Allen. Not much yeah, offensive yeah. skill, but one of the best defenders ever. Uh, yeah. But again, yeah, with, with DeRozan again in Chicago, yeah, I, I, I really, again, as I said, like I was surprised, uh, but happily surprised. I was expecting him to chip in like 19, 18 points and kind yeah, of yeah, go, exactly. on, go on his uh, crescendo and just kind of be a supporting piece. Because again, I didn't really like the signing anyways. Uh, yeah. But again, he's, he's proven me wrong. He's again playing a little bit of power forward with some of the injuries they've had. Uh, yeah. which is still so weird, but again, that's the NBA now guys who are six, four might as well as be, well, I mean, guys who are six, four, like I like Deshaun Tate has been playing power forward. Like I, and Bruce Brown, you know, all these guys. Yeah. Breaks my brain, but regardless, uh, no, I, I, I think he's just been able to find his spot really well. And I think that the team believes in him. I think the coaches have really put a good game plan around him. Cause again, yeah, as you said, like, I don't think he was ever that committed to like, you know, winning. I think he was just like, when he was in San Antonio, again, he, he, 
think of like all the most notable interviews he had his whole time in San Antonio was talking about being traded. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like he was talking about like, oh yeah, like me and Pop, they blah blah blah. They they didn't have anything. He was just kind of there, like they were in that rebuilding stage. They weren't like I think like Aldridge was there at one point, but again, he was already on like the the down out of his career. So yeah, it just yeah. really didn't work out at all. I mean, on the Spurs end of things. Uh, I mean, Jakob Pertle was a good guy to get in that trade as well. Uh, but no, yeah. nothing, nothing really, it didn't help his stock, uh, I yeah. would say. So, and then, you know, again, as you said, you know, all the, all the stats and it's like, well, yeah, he probably was worse when the, they probably were better when he was off. Cause he wasn't really engaged. So yeah. He's yeah. Back and he's comfortable and he's happy. I think that he's ready to go. Like, I think that we're kind of uh, seeing what he could have done all along, but again, he wasn't getting the play. Uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm interested to see how long he, like, make sure that he can keep this going. Cause I know he's been in talks. I think it was 2016, uh, when the Raptors made their, uh, the run to the conference finals, uh, that year, uh, that was the year I also believe that like, he dunked a hit a huge dunk on Gobert like 10 games in yep, that uh, was, was epic. leading the league and scoring or close to like, he, it was similar to how he's been playing so far, but then, you know, he kind of, uh, like he, he got a little tired, which happens to even the, yeah. the best players in the league. But again, right now, like I think he's probably a, if you were gonna make the teams now, he's a lock for an All Star, uh, which is great for him because uh, again, not a lot of love in San Antonio. I, he should have made it last year. He really was that. that was yeah, he was a good. He was he had a good season last year. Yeah. So again, I, I think that for the casual NBA fan, this is coming out of nowhere. But if you've really been tuned in, you've been watching the game. I think that it shouldn't be as much of a surprise. Still surprising, but not as much. Uh, and again, like. Uh, I, I definitely think you should get some more consideration, but again, we'll see how the bulls end up winning out. Uh, and again, or, you know, who knows, maybe Levine uh, later on in the season, he'll kind of take the reins as the number one guy, but we'll see. Uh, it's all yeah. speculation at this point. Uh, and this is something I, I like to bring this up. And I, 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 I've told you about this before. Cause I think it's funny because sometimes it's like, okay, that makes sense. And then you go down the list and you're like, what is going on? Uh, but basketball <laughs> reference actually does an NBA MVP award tracker. So yeah. essentially it puts together, like it takes all the numbers, it crunches it. And based on how, like, like how closely they fit the algorithm to what an MVP has been in the past yeah. that tells you. So right now, Stephen Curry, number one, I mean, that, I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Uh, yeah. Then it's Jokic, Jimmy Butler, KD, Chris Paul. I'm not really seeing anything too crazy here, but number six in the MVP, Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Yes. I guess like I buy the numbers. It makes sense. Uh, and then it's Giannis, Rudy Gobert, James Harden. No, thank you. Uh, like, like no, to the, no chance. And then DeRozan at 10. So, I mean, even by the numbers, he's in consideration. Obviously that's not yeah. exactly like, I think they have a yeah, 1.1% chance, but we'll see. Uh, it's, it's just, it's an interesting thing to see. And I, I and again, as, as Raptors fans, we'll always love DeMar. And uh, it's been, it's been awesome to see him get some respect back on his name. For sure. Yeah. And like, it's, it's like to see him do this now and actually be in a place where he wants to be is, is just really fun because obviously he was blindsided by the trade to San Antonio. He did not want that to happen, you know, from, from what we can tell uh, that was pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but, but I think he also made the most of it down there. Like, like I, I know we're kind of being critical of him, you know, saying, you know, he, he wasn't, really getting up for those games down there. You, you know, it was a team that was kind of in a rebuilding mode kind of stage or, or sort of, you know, semi rebuilding. Uh, he was still a professional and, the whole way. It wasn't like yeah, he was exactly. it in. And, you know, and the Spurs had, you know, they did make the playoffs a couple of years there and he, they had that tough loss to, I believe Denver was the seven game series. They lost either Denver or Portland uh, in the first round. Uh, I think the, I think the 2019 season anyway, uh, they, they like, yeah, he, he was no slouch and he was still good. And so respect him for doing that in a place where he didn't choose to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, now he's, he's in Chicago, you know, we, we thought maybe his next move would be to one of the LA teams for him to go back home, but um, you know, it wasn't in the cards, but uh, obviously he's so happy in Chicago uh, being able to join a team that actually has, you know, other good players and some expectation here um, and other guys that can take the, you know, mainly Zach Levine that can take the pressure off him. Um, you know, uh, uh, in terms of scoring on the wing. So I'm just, I'm just really happy for him because he's also just been through a lot, uh, you know, since that Raptors trade and yeah. uh, had, he's had a lot of, you know, kind of bad shit kind of thrown on his name, especially when the Raptors win 
uh, immediately after he's traded, even yeah, though, yeah. you know, you, you got to attribute that to uh, uh, one Kawhi Leonard coming uh, and doing that. It, 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 but, you know, people obviously turn that around and say, oh, you know, uh, finally getting DeRozan out of there is what actually, uh, you know, made the difference, which is just so stupid because he was the one who got us to that place where uh, he was at the level to be traded, you know, for someone like Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, he was integral to that. So, no, I'm just I'm just happy for him. And and uh, just pleasantly surprised with the Bulls. I really like their the construction of this team. And uh, I, I just love all the kind of underdogs on the team, like Lonzo Ball and Caruso. Um, and even someone like Levine, who I said I'm not the biggest fan of, but I'm kind of coming around to him. I, I think he wants to be a winning player, which was my only sort of hesitations about him. Like, I, I wasn't sure, um, you know, if, if he was kind of content with being a good stats, bad team guy. But I, I think he's enjoying being on a winning team and mm-hmm. it will do whatever that, you know, it takes to win in that sense. So. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to Zach Levine and, and I'm, I'm coming around to the bulls too. I, I think they're actually more legit than anyone gave them credit for. Well, and moving on to a team that, uh, you know, started off hot and it looked like they, uh, you know, were legitimate, uh, but they've been on quite the losing skid uh, as we're recording this right now, though, they are kind of beating the brakes off of uh, the Denver nuggets. God damn it. The curse is still alive. Uh, the big dog ball talk curse. Whenever you want to talk about someone, uh, they'll, they'll do the opposite of what we're talking about. Still room for air, but it's still, we're talking about the Philadelphia yep. 76ers. Uh, yep. Right now, as of this moment, they are on a five game losing streak. Uh, you now started off again, as I said, eight and two, everything was looking good. They were playing through uh, some injuries. I mean, Embiid missed some time. Tobias Harris had to miss some time because of COVID. And yep. now that they're back and healthy, they're losing a lot of games and they're playing ugly basketball again. And I don't, it's, I don't know what the hell, like why nobody can mesh on this team. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I like literally, it seems like they should just go like a LeBron rope. Just get uh, nobody who's even close to an all-star. Just let Joel Embiid get every single touch. Let him do every single thing. But then he gets injured or he gets like fatigued halfway through a game. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have the answers for you right now, Jordan. Uh, I, I, what is the struggle with Philly? I mean, that they, they, they got to be worried right now. I like for sure. I mean, maybe, maybe they're going to start going, Hey, Hey Ben. Hey man, we've, we've said some things. We've said some <laughs> things. We, we can all take it back. You know, I was, I was just, maybe, uh... you know, I was just mad, but I just hate when you, uh, I just hate when you pass up open dunks. It's really your fault. It's okay to gaslight in basketball. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh... Jordan, I mean, the Sixers five-game losing skid. What are your takeaways right now? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing, obviously, is that Embiid's been out with, uh, I think, his health and safety protocols, as far as I know. Uh, so, you know, hopefully when he gets back, these guys can put it together a little bit more. But um, it's just, you would think that a team that was the number one seed, uh, even though, yes, I know Ben Simmons uh, isn't playing, and obviously they're, franchise cornerstone now uh ben simmons or sorry joel Embiid. sorry old habit old habit um uh Embiid isn't playing either but you know you would think that they would have enough to to sort of hold their own against like uh, as much as i love the raptors uh you know they played them last week uh and the raptors went into philly and beat them um it was a close game but that's the that's a game you'd expect to win and uh, even a team uh, they, they got utah destroyed them uh the other night they beat them by 35 and then they lost another close game to Indiana before that. Um, and so I, I just don't know. Like, I, I really just think that the way the, the the roster is constructed right now is kind of flawed. Like, I really yeah. think they need to just fucking suck it up, trade Ben Simmons, and try and do this again in a different way. Because, yes, they have Embiid. But then really they just have shooters and they're relying on Maxi, who's still a young guy and who's showing flashes that he can be a really good attacking point guard in this league. Um, but y- y- you're asking too much of him. If you're saying, okay, you're going to be our main sort of perimeter attacker. Uh, and you, we've, we, we, we've got, you know, Embiid every, every other night, you know, every couple of weeks he'll, he'll actually play, but otherwise, you know, the keys in, in your hands, Ty- Tyrese Maxi, uh, you gotta you sort of make the, you, you gotta make this team run. Um, and, you know, be the engine. Uh, I, I just think that's unrealistic to put that on a young guy. Um, and then, you know, you have someone like Tobias Harris, who I just think is the most, like of all the, the guys who this category can fall like to, or, you know, the category they can fall under of like a role player. 
he is like the ultimate role player. He's probably the best role player that you can have pretty much, but he, he is not going to ever be a guy who by himself without infrastructure around him can like really impact winning that much. Mm. Um, and that's kind of always been the, the sort of poisonous or like his, his kind of downfall. And the reason he's bounced around more than his you know, talent would suggest that he should uh, because he really, I just doesn't have that sort of mentality to go and take over games. And he's a, he's a, he's a really good guy to have when he's like your fourth option and a guy who can sort of hit open shots and yeah. every once in a while run a little pick and roll or something, but he's a complimentary player when, when you have yeah. the right pieces around him, like he'll never, yeah, exactly. He'd never yeah. be like a number one or even like a solid number two guy. Or even number three is stretching it, man. I, I, I like, I, I'm yeah. really kind of like, he, he'd be okay. But like when the, when the Sixers were at their best, uh, when they pushed the Raptors to seven in 2019, like they, they, they had Ben Simmons, you know, doing his thing. They had Butler and they had Embiid and they even had JJ Redick, who I thought in that series was more important than uh, Tobias Harris. So like, yeah, I, I think he's good when he's got, when he's basically surrounded by other good players. Like if he is, uh, I think if you want to put a good lineup out there, he can't be in your top three, like best players. Like he might be scoring more than, one of those three players ahead of him uh, sort of in the pecking order. But like, if he's one of your top two, even top three guys, I just don't think your team's going to be that good. Uh, Cause he doesn't really do a lot other than scoring and he can have a lot of sort of nights where he floats in and out and is inconsistent even at that, which is his best skill. So I mean, I, I'm kind of disappointed with what I'm seeing with Tobias, even though we did talk about him as someone who was kind of keeping them afloat earlier in the season. Um, and you know, it's kind of like one of those, one of those situations, even with like, you know, a classic example of this is like someone like Jeff green, who will have like a good game every once in a while. And you'll think, Oh my God, here he is. He's back. Um, but then, you know, just disappear inexplicably, uh, in a bunch of other games. So that's got time to live up to Kevin Garnett's whole thing. It's true. It's true. But, uh, that's kind of how I feel about Tobias Harris, but, um, you know, the, the Sixers, I think, you know, it, it, when Embiid's back, uh, and sort of everyone else can kind of go back to fall into their normal roles around him again. I think they can still be okay uh, because Seth Curry is playing out of his mind right now. He's averaging career highs, like across the board. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy right now. Um, and just having a, a really, really good season, probably the best season of his career. And um, you know, they, they've got other decent guys, but it it's, they're just really it, the, the way that they're flawed is that they're built completely around a player who is unreliable in terms of his conditioning and his availability like Joel Embiid for all of the good stuff he brings. You just cannot build a team around him completely. One that would really kind of fall apart without him there and then count on him being there night after night. Like you need something else that that's why, you know, in theory, having Ben Simmons was a good thing when, you know, back when he was actually playing for them, because we we've seen it before in the past when Embiid is out, Simmons can kind of pull all these guys up kind of like LeBron esque, just sort of, you know, grab defensive rebounds, push, push the floor and, you know, find shooters and, uh, you know, play in transition, transition and stuff like that. But that's why, like, I think specifically for someone like Embiid, you need another sort of uh, top tier star that can help when he's out. And then when, you know, when you do have them together, that's a deadly combo because we, we, we know how good Embiid is. Um, Obviously Simmons isn't that guy, but you know, this is, this could be avoided. Uh, this could have been avoided if Daryl Morey had taken any of the trade packages yeah. so far that have come across his desk for Ben Simmons. They would not be, I, I don't think if they, you know, even if they took the fucking worst offer that was out there, I don't think they'd be in the position now where they've lost five in a row, uh, even without Embiid, you know, if they got some players back for Simmons. So, you know, Sixers fans, if you're upset, you got to blame Daryl Morey for this, man. Like the, yeah. this is a completely incomplete roster now because you've got your one a fucking star uh, that that's out right now. And your other one who's uh, not mentally ready to play and you're not going to trade him. So it's like, of course you're not going to be, uh, you know, running the table here and, 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 you know, having a great record or something like that. So, cool. and Maury does a lot of questionable stuff, man, even in Houston, like he's not afraid to experiment and push the limits. Like, and we talked about yeah. that before, like I'm, I'm getting to the point again. Cause I was like, wow, look at Darren Maury. Like he's kind of, he's, he's got a bit of a big brain on him. Now I'm thinking maybe he's just like a <laughs> lunatic. Cause he does some, he's done, he's been doing, he's, he's just kinda, stubborn. Man. He's, no, I think he's crossing the line from like risk taker to just dumbass. <laughs> and there's a, it's a fine line. And I think he's walking it pretty tight right now. And he's starting to lose his balance. So uh, look for Daryl Morrill to just 
take a friggin' nosedive real soon. But uh, I mean, a silver lining, I guess, when you know when some of your big players have been out so far this season. I mean, a guy like Tyrese Maxey, who had a lot of expectations coming in this season, uh, you know, he's te- he's te- he's definitely taken a step up. He stepped his game up. Um, he's still young, so he got lots of room to grow. I mean, the jump shot, it, it's still developing. Uh, but he's a, he's a good athlete, fast. Uh, he's undersized, yeah. but I'm I mean, not undersized, I guess, for the position. But you know, he's not the biggest guy on the court, so he, yeah. he really relies on you know being an, uh, athletic. So he's and he good at slithering around the rim. He's crafty with both hands. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think he needs to just mature his game. But again, that's another thing I think is going to be downfall for the Sixers, especially you know because they'll, they'll make the playoffs. I mean, don't get me wrong, we'll be in there. But when they yeah. go up against, you know, some of these teams that have experienced guards, they're going to eat him alive. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't think he's that kind of a player yet. Uh, I don't know if he will be ever. I mean, I'm sure Philly fans are probably freaking out right now that I'm saying that. But, I mean, like, he's good. But, like, when I watch him play, he kind of is like a poor man's deer and fox. Like, he's the Walmart yeah. brand. He's the Kmart yeah. brand. Like, he's not uh, – and not Kevin Martin either. But uh, he's uh, – yeah, he's not – he's not the guy – for you like to like i think that he'd be a perfect six man like yeah, just feel yeah. good buckets give some energy like he's totally he, again he's a good player not, not nothing not trying to totally uh put some shade on his name but at the end of the day when you're supposedly supposed to be trying to contend for a championship i mean if you lose five games that's already you got to start sending the sensors off because like that's that you I don't, I don't know by, for a fact, but I don't think there's many teams that have won an NBA championship that have gone five game losing streaks before. So yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I, I, I would, uh, if you're a Sixers fan, lower your expectations, humble yourselves a little bit. And uh, again, maybe start uh, sending some hand, nicely uh, handcrafted letters uh, to Philly. I know that the, or to, from Philly to Daryl Morey. I know that the, uh, the <laughs> Philly fans are so classy. there. always have been uh, just great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally serious. Yeah um so yeah uh yeah i'm sure they'll sure they'll send him some nicely worded uh letters and uh you know express your displeasure you gotta really be a revolution here for philly yeah voice the just, people someone's gotta rise up well and i i, I just want to say too even when Embiid has played he's to me looked kind of underwhelming like he's averaging 21 and 10 right now um and i kind of rounded up for his rebounds there and that's just not that's kind of just like nowadays that's really good production for a center but you know that's i mean i have a feeling those are similar numbers to like someone like Jonas valanciunas or something like i I don't think he's really kind of standing out um like he normally does and that's just kind of confounding uh or, or compounding on the problem too that he even when he has been on the floor hasn't been his typical dominant self uh and uh yeah i you'd think at least that Philly gets that at least when their, you know, franchise cornerstone gets out on the floor, he's going to be the dominant force. He knows you, uh, you know him to be, but you know, when he's, he's even when he plays and is kind of mediocre, it's kind of like, Oh God, what else can go wrong here? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, ju- I just, I just want Ben Simmons out of there. And I actually heard for the first time, Matt, I thought it was just me, but I, I heard on another uh, basketball podcast, which forgive me, whoever I'm sh- trying to shout out, I forget which one it was, but, um, they were talking about Atlanta struggles and they brought up the Ben Simmons to Atlanta thing. Yeah. Give it, give me the credit first. We got to get that one some traction though. Cause I, I think that's my favorite one. Unless of course, Dame Dame yeah. breaks free over there <laughs> yeah, in Portland. Sure. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about a losing streak. Uh, we're going to move on to a team that's uh, they're putting up historically bad numbers right now. Uh, we're talking with the, the Houston Rockets. Uh, everyone knew it was going to be a rough year. They're sitting one and 14. They've lost 13 straight, uh, on pace <laughs> to have the worst record in league history. Uh, it's bittersweet, honestly, <laughs> it's been, it is bittersweet. Um, yep. uh, the bitter is that, you know, you fucking suck. You stink out loud. You're horrible. God awful. You can't play. You can't dribble. You don't have a single post shot that <laughs> saved a memory. Um, uh, wow. in life. Uh, the I mean, Rockets. Kwame, Kwame is gonna come for us, Matt. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't like it when that gets brought he, up. He talks doesn't... to talk now, man. He's, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't mind expressing himself, man. Yeah. Hey, good, good, good. It's good quote for us, man. I'll maybe. Hey, hey, Kwame, come find me, man. Come find me. <laughs> come on, buddy. Uh, but anyway, oh. yeah. Moving on. Uh, yeah, Houston, god awful. They're they're a horrible team. Um, and, and I mean, again, it was low expectations coming into the year, but goddamn, 
God damn, are they really, really blowing out the doors? Again, I thought maybe that you know Jalen Green has kind of been over underwhelming, and you know, I'll, I'll, same thing, Alfred Sengun underwhelming. Nobody's really doing like nobody on that team has shown me anything. Christian Wood's been irrelevant. I forgot he was even on the team until just now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it it's not a good time. But the sweet, the little sweet bit at the end, a little nice <laughs> sweet aftertaste. I mean, you don't want to be good right now. You have no. Jalen Green, you've got Sangoon, you've got Wood even if you want. And, you know, again, you can flip them or you can save them and just kind of have them as an asset build moving forward to kind of start working your way up the, the standings later on. But, I mean, hey, if you can get Chet Holmgren out of all this, it could be a nice yeah. pairing. Jalen Green, Chet Holmgren, or again, a Paolo Benchero. I mean, those, uh, those are all like – I mean, I, th- I think it's probably going to be Chet. But, anyways, just get a, a top three pick pretty much, guaranteed. Yeah right now uh, unless they somehow crazy turn around tons of games left obviously uh but i mean legal like what 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 do you think of this losing streak because like, it's i think it's a pride but it has to be a point of pride i mean the the pelicans aren't doing much better they're two and 14 so i mean yeah. they're gonna be uh they're gonna be duking it out those games are gonna be important but i mean like putting again from what I, i'm remembering i believe they're on pace for something insane like eight wins or seven wins so yeah, i mean well that's we're, not even we're, close to the the worst record at like i think the worst record before was the sixers with like 14 or something yeah and like yeah. those like the trust the process years yeah exactly yeah i think that that was that's the one that comes to mind for me too yeah but it was like in the teens at least and yeah we're approaching a quarter quarter way through the season right now and yeah mm-hmm. sitting at one win is uh pretty crazy i mean this is you know i didn't think they'd be this bad but this is why i predicted the rockets to have the worst record in the league this year because i knew one they weren't trying to win and they don't have enough good players to accidentally win, especially when you have someone like Jalen Green who is going to want the ball and um, is going to want and sort of have the green light to take as many shots as he can, but who is too young to know what is a good shot or how to win or how to be efficient. Like he's shooting under 40% from the field right now yeah. um, and under 30% from three. And, uh, you know, you, you want to give a young guy like that some, you know, freedom to, to go. He's obviously going to be a really good player because, you know, he, he – you can just tell from the sort of the way he moves, you know, the, the way his shot looks, his kind of instincts and how he can get to the basket. He's going to be a good player, but uh, right now he is not uh, going to help them win one lick. Uh, and neither is someone like Kevin Porter Jr., like another really young guy uh, who's also going to have the freedom to take a lot of shots. Um, and so I just, I also would really like, you know, and these guys are going to be bad. We, we knew they were going to be bad, but, uh, I, you know, I maybe thought that players like Christian Wood or Eric Gordon or even freaking Tice, who's there, mm-hmm. might put it together a little bit for a few games here and, you know, once in a while say, okay, you know, I actually want to win a game and go out for dinner after, you know, remember that, remember that old feeling uh, and, <laughs> and actually go and, uh, you know, propel Celebrate them to a win. Feel good but about th- yourself. Yeah, but they and so I thought maybe they would have the ability. Some of those older uh, and you know, in, in even in the case of Christian Wood, not older, but has actually been around a little bit here. Some of those guys could help them win a few games, but yeah, that's not even happening. So, uh, yeah, I mean, free Eric I, I also free free Eric Gordon, free Christian Wood too, for God's sake, free <laughs> Daniel Tice. Anyone anyone older to, uh, older than twenty five on this team should just be able to walk away, uh, you know, and wipe their hands clean because this is. This is going to get ugly, I think. I don't see it getting any better. But, you know, like you said, this isn't the worst thing in the world. They're not trying to win. Um, and they're also – this is also, I, I think, what's contributing to their horrible record is there's kind of seems to me like a, a record number of teams who are actually trying to win, especially out West. Like, even the the, the teams that are that down there, you know, out of the, that play-in mix at, to the bottom of the West, like teams like the Wolves or Sacramento, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, they're trying to win. They would yeah. like to win. They would like to get into play in. It's really just the Rockets and the Thunder out West who uh, aren't trying to win. And the Thunder, who we're also going to get to, uh, are, uh, unlike the, the Rockets, accidentally walking into wins here that they probably don't want. They're going to have to start shutting SGA down here soon again because they're they're winning too much. They're in 10th place right now, for God's sake. Shout out to um, the Lakers. Yeah. And uh, so – you know, uh, yeah, the, for, the the Rockets are not trying to win. They're they're going to be in the lottery again. Um, but you know, it's it's also it's not as easy as it was in the past. Like the the worst record in the league does not always uh, guarantee you the the number one pick in the draft. Um, so you know th- that that would be funny if they 
uh, somehow en- ended up with like the third or fourth pick um, yeah. through all this. Uh, but uh, yeah, on pace for the worst record ever. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive. You gotta you gotta give it to the Rockets. I mean, yeah, this it's is a, uh, an impressive it's a, tank. It's an a rec- It's a record. I mean, something. It is. But at least you'll be remembered, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah. it's something. Like, I, I would like to say I was, I watched it. I would like to say I was into it. Like, I, I, yeah. I like, watched that last game. Like, maybe they'll be like the Warriors. Like, we'll watch them. It'll be like, uh, they'll be uh, nine and seventy-two. We can watch and see them <laughs> lose and go set nine and seventy-three or something. That'd be nice. Yeah. I think I'd that enjoy would... that. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, you brought them up, so we might, we might as well just, uh, you know, switch gears quickly here. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we do that, though, you know. Uh, just because Jalen Green again, kind of underwhelming so far. Uh, yeah. I love in the off season and the fucking summer league, on and on. Oh man, I'm gonna Detroit. Pay. I don't want to live in Detroit. Oh, they should have taken me number one. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna show them. You only get to play them twice, Jalen, and you played them <laughs> once. And Cade dominated you, spanked you, <laughs> sent you home to your daddy. That was embarrassing, yeah. man. You talked all that talk just to get absolutely dummied. That was. But he got he, did, he he and he and he did get that one dunk and then was screaming in uh, Cade's face like he had uh, like they were up twenty or something. Yeah, yeah. I Jalen Green, I he's just kind of seems to me like one of those guys who uh, is going to kind of be annoying to watch for for a little while until he actually figures it out and mm. can be efficient. Um, gotta but, get himself humbled. Someone's got to dunk on. Yes, him, exactly. Cross yeah, exactly. him over and then maybe he'll be like, okay, we just got to get that welcome to the NBA moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, we said switching gears, you had brought them up. Uh, the OKC Thunder uh, are right now, I believe, sitting in 10th place in the West. So in the play in tournament. Yeah. But again, as you said, do they really want that? Like they've got enough young guys that are kind of showing out. I mean, Josh Giddy's out there getting Biddy's numbers after the games. <laughs> he's just going out into the crowd. Like I remember, I see it was like 20 minutes to post game. No one else is even there and he's still pulling wheels. So I mean, Good for him on that. But I mean, right now I don't, yeah, if I'm, if I'm the thunder, I don't think that's uh yeah, I don't think that's what you want to do. I mean, it's good. Like if you can go into the play in tournament and just like, you know, play around, have some fun, you know, get some like big game experience that maybe be okay, but you have all these picks. Yeah. You might as well just get, go low and just keep, keep building up. And then eventually you'll have this crazy team, but uh, or at least in theory you could. Uh, yeah. But again, I think, I think SGA is just playing at an all-star level and oh, uh, you know, he's, he's so good. He's leading this team. And uh, you know, I think maybe he's almost advancing their plans uh, without them even wanting to, but I mean, I don't think you can really be mad when your team is winning. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the, the thunder, yeah. Put the smack down on the Lakers twice here already. And that was, that was just beautiful to watch. Just great timing. We talked about both of those games uh, because it was right at sort of, right at the beginning of uh, the season there where we still had high expectations for the Lakers, but they seem to really be falling apart. And uh, it's, uh, you know, since then the, the Thunder, it, it looked like, uh, you know, maybe the Lakers were the only team they actually could beat because they were, they were losing there to start the season, which was yeah. what everybody expected. Um, but, you know, now they've, they've put together some, some pretty good wins. Like I think they went on a four game losing or a winning streak there uh, three games ago, it looks like. Yeah, um, they did. They 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 lost to the the Nets and then to Miami, which um, you know not Those not a big fair. surprise there. Yeah, and um, but uh, you know, but but they beat Houston, um, and you know, I, a lot of people I saw before the season thought that uh, the Thunder were maybe going to be that team with the worst record in the league because they kind of like the Rockets don't have a lot to play for. Like the, this team isn't really going to compete in the playoffs. We know that uh, they're just so so young, but. Um, but yeah, they're really, uh, whether they want to or not, they just got too much young talent, uh, to lose, you know, that consistently, um, you know, even just having, you know, shout out, uh, SGA and Lou Dort, two Canadians leading, leading an NBA team, uh, uh, number one and two in scoring. So, you know, shout out those guys and, you know, those two together, uh, you, you, you've got the kind of dynamic, uh, combo sort of point guard, shooting guard. Uh, in SGA who can break you down and, and, and shoot the ball and uh, can defend a little bit. And then Lou Dort, the, you know, sort of modern wing stopper that you want, just, you know, those guys alone. Yeah, exactly. Those, those guys alone are going to, you know, walk you into some wins, even when you don't yep. want any. Um, and you know, Giddy early on now seems like a hit. Uh, we talked about him uh, even before the season started. I wasn't really sure. He just looked too skinny to me. 
to really make that much of an impact, but he's so tall and so long that he's kind of being able to overcome that. And as he fills out, I think he can be a really good player. I, and, I think uh, him and him and him and shy, like as a, as a backcourt in like the next couple of years could be terrifying Two like six foot yeah. six guys, athletic can pass. And it looks like they're both going to be able to shoot. Uh, I, yeah, it, it could, they could be putting the league on notice real quick. Yeah, big time. And, you know, I, I, I talked up Poku uh, and I feel like I feel a little foolish right now. He's averaging under five points per game. He's looked like absolute shit, uh, but I, yeah, I'm not giving up on him yet. He's 20 years old. That's just how he looks, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but uh, like, yeah, it's, it's interesting because yeah, you're in 10th place right now. You're, you're in the play and mix. And Though I don't think you can keep that up, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows what's going to happen, what other teams are going to realize. Like, already the Pelicans, I don't think this was what they envisioned for their season. I don't think they wanted to be no. uh, like firmly back down there in the lottery. And who knows? Maybe a team like Sacramento, if, and, uh, you know, if, if that keeps falling apart, maybe they'll head down there in the lottery too, and it'll become even harder to sort of um, go in the other direction to, like, avoid the play-in yeah. uh, the other way. Um, so, you know, we'll see, but like, yeah, if if I'm the thunder, uh, I, I would maybe be reevaluating what, what my sort of long-term plan is here, because if you, if you have SGA and you have Dort and you have someone like Giddy, who you're confident you've hit on, maybe it's another one of those situations. Uh, who's, who's the team we were just talking about? Oh yeah. uh, The Cavs who, you know, you would, you wouldn't expect them to be, you know, ready to start climbing up the ladder of you know nba success just yet but if you're if you're if you've been down there in in the depth of the lottery and even in the case of sga you traded to get him from the clippers but um if if you've got those franchise cornerstones and you've got enough of them that you think okay like a team around these guys in a few years could actually be good then don't waste your time down there in the lottery it's it's just bad juju we talked about it it's not it's not good like give these guys some reps so i don't know if if the thunder can sort of say to themselves now like look we're, we're actually okay and you know keep developing these guys and keep winning and get one play-in year here where you you probably you probably lose at the play-in stage uh, with this team let's Thank be honest you. but um but you know that's still experience in a game that really matters you know whoever you're playing is going to be you know really trying and motivated to, to to get up for that game um then you sort of move ahead with the guys you know you want like you have enough goddamn picks and and sort of uh, assets yeah. here that you can make a trade which is what the Thunder have to do to acquire anyone anyway. I, like, I do think they're being a little bit conservative with all those. Cause again, I'm yeah, surprised. Like how many are you going to get? Yeah. Yeah. They, and, and there's only so like, much you can do to draft. And then again, maybe you'll end up being in a Houston situation where you got all these young guys and no real veteran presence. I mean, obviously Shea that uh, eventually are shy. Eventually I'll, I'll, I'll commit to one of those two names, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, SGA. I mean, yeah, he, him and Dort could be the veterans. So I don't know. I feel like Darius Baisley is just always going to be kicking around at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think that they, they could be in the same situation. But why don't they make a splash? Why don't they go crazy? Why don't they go crazy and get Ben? You, yeah, oh, that that would be fucking hilarious. He be doesn't even, he's not even that far out. Like he's still around. He's not that old yet. Is what I'm saying. Twenty six or something. Yeah, so he could still sort of be sort of on the same team for a few years here with with SGA and even these young guys. He would be a little bit older, but it, it would still have the work. Huge and, long lineup. Yeah. And, I'd love and that. Like, Let's do it. it, it yeah, we, we've got another good contender. I never never even thought of them because, of course, you know, we're, we, we think of the, yeah, okay, Thunder, deep, deep, OKC Thunder, deep in a yeah. rebuild. You know, they're never going to poke their head or, uh, head up above water for a few years here. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I just believe in sort of when you've got your guys, get out of there. Like, try yeah. and climb up the ladder to be good because it's, 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 it's a long, it's a lot to ask your fans to just sort of wait and be bad. And, you mm-hmm. know, we'll, we'll try this guy out. And, and exactly like we were talking about with the Cavs, like you can miss a hell of a lot uh, in a draft, uh, yeah. and, oh, you yeah. know, in consecutive years, like you can, you can, you can think you've got the right guy. You can sort of think you've, you've made the right gamble and have it be a disaster. So when you know, you've hit on some, some guys and you've got, you've got, you know, one or two that you really believe in. Yeah. Uh, then you know, especially when you're in a situation like OKC, yeah, package some of these picks, these young guys that teams would be dying to get their hands on, and get a few uh, you know mid-level and veteran players in there to 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 help you climb the ladder. Because 
SGA is ready to lead and be a big time player that can, that, you know, that, that can help you win because he's shown, even though he hasn't been in that many winning situations, even that one year when Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder were there, he was, he was out there in the playoffs making big shots. Uh, we saw him pull up from the logo against the Lakers, uh, you know, that a couple of weeks ago, and he, he's not afraid. He's, he's clutch. Um, he, he, you know, he, he loves getting inside. He loves the contact. He's just the perfect guy that you want. Um, and you know, yeah, like we're talking about, you got, uh, just a few other good guys around him, you know, uh, use, use your guy, you use the guy that you have, yeah. like put, put the good players around him. <laughs> you got to believe in the, the good players that you have. Cause otherwise what the hell are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, moving on to another team where not a lot of faith going on there. Uh, and to, uh, to quote the man himself, this ain't no glory road shit. Uh, <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. Starting to struggle again. We were pumping them up, saying Harrison Barnes is the GOAT. Uh, they're three and seven in their yeah. last 10. And I we were talking about this before the podcast started. And I really wanted to get this in there. I can't believe that Luke Walton is still a head coach in the NBA. I can't believe it. That guy's got some absolute pull. He's lucky his dad's a legend. I cannot believe that that guy's still a head coach. I could have sworn he got fired two years ago, man. Put, put, and I'm going to shout him out right now. I don't actually know if he's even still there. I believe he's still there. But give Roy Rana, the head coach, former yeah, Ryerson, Ryerson yeah. Rams, men's basketball coach. He's coached the national level. He deserves the it. Men's team. Give it to Roy Rana. Hell of a guy. Um, but seriously, though, I mean, how, why is Luke Walton the head coach? Nobody respects him. He's never had respect. He was, a, he was an absolute abomination in his, like, brief time as a head coach of the Lakers. Again, this happens all the time. They've got these assistant coaches that just get hyped up. When he was on the Warriors, we were saying, like, oh, yeah, like Luke Walton was like, and I was in on it too. I was like, the media brainwashed me. That's why you can't trust the media. You got to listen to us. We see you with clear yeah. eyes. Don't drink the uh, the Kool Aid. Listen yeah. to us. Luke Walton's garbage. He was a mediocre <laughs> basketball player and he's a half ass mediocre coach. Fire hey, him. Kobe, out. Kobe him was out nothing without Luke. Kobe was nothing without Luke Walton. Come okay, on. come on. Come on. But I will say, even though Sacramento's been sucking and they've been really down in the dumps and they're wasting all this great talent that they have there. Uh, I mean, Tristan Thompson did give us an all-time presser uh, talking about how no, no man in this world should rely on another man to inspire him. Point blank. You can't put that in all capitals. I mean, I, I, I don't. I hate I don't Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. No, yeah, no. Talking about how he's a grown man. And he said, the day I need a coach to inspire me is the day I'm fucking retired. So, I mean, I think he's pretty much saying like, fuck Luke Walton. I don't, I don't want him as the coach. He does not motivate me because the thing, yeah. like, don't like he's trying to sound like an alpha male. And it's like, come on, Tristan, like you did, you're, you're, you're no, you were married. I don't know. He was with a Kardashian. He's got the curse. Everybody knows. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, but you can't keep like, you can't talk like that and say that, but I get where you're coming from. You still can be motivated, yeah. but like, yeah, I think the question was kind of stupid anyways, but uh, I mean, after Tristan's comments and after, they've been kind of underperforming on the court, you know, what's your take on the Kings right now for you? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to gauge what to think of a team that keeps, you, you, you know, they, they they're annoying because they do show signs of life every once in a while. Like, Oh look, the Kings are dead. And then you're like, Oh no, you look a little closer. They are breathing. Uh, they'll, this has been happening for a couple seasons now. They're in a coma. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in a coma, coma for the, 15 years and then we just won't pull the plug. No, because they'll get up, they'll, they'll say a few words, they'll slur a few words every once in a while, and you'll think, oh, okay, maybe this is uh, turning around. But, uh, you know, I think it might be time that they sort of look themselves in the mirror and say, all right, we've got Davion Mitchell, we've got Darren Fox, we've got Tyrese Halliburton, and we've got Buddy Heald. I think at least one of those guys has got to go, maybe two, and we got to decide, uh, because they're just too guard heavy right now. And the rest of their sort of bigs and, and uh, you know, sort of small forwards and up uh, is just pretty mediocre. Uh, like fine. If you want to hold on to Harrison Barnes for now, I guess, even though, you know, I think maybe if you're the Kings, he would get some, you know, good value on the trade market uh, for a younger player. Like I think, uh, you know, a, a contending team or a playoff team looking for a veteran to help them out uh, would mm -hmm. be interested in Harrison Barnes. For sure, um, for sure. And, uh, you know, he, it, it doesn't make the most sense in the world to have someone like Harrison Barnes and then really, really young guys like, like Halliburton and Mitchell, um, you know, who are significantly younger. Uh, it's, it's not going to be the same timeline and the Kings aren't going to be good enough anytime soon to 
make it so that those two can play together. Those kind of two sort of generations on your team. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, like someone like De'Aaron Fox, he's kind of in the middle there. Uh, and I know they, they want to believe in him and he's kind of been the guy that, uh, they've, you know, that they've paid and that they, 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 he was their high draft pick and, and, and they really like him. But yeah. when you do have, when you do have Halliburton and Mitchell, uh, and, and even Buddy Heald, who, who they've been, uh, they kind of switched to coming off the bench here and is, you know, putting up good numbers for you. Yeah. You've got to kind of decide where you're going because, uh, Barnes and Heald are both 29 year old guys on a team full of mostly, you know, younger for the most part, uh, players here. And uh, I, they were two guys who would garner some trade value. And I, I think the Kings are just, just kind of, you know, they're, they're trying to make the playoffs. So they don't want to shake things up too much, but I'm like, you guys are, it's going to be a real struggle for you to even sneak into the play. And you guys just do not, you, you're, you're, you're not good. You're not built to be that good. Um, and, you know, although they do have these kind of a few promising young guys, they, they've just got to pick a direction here. That, that's I'd the argue that's that they would do better in the play in tournament probably than the Thunder. I think they're built a little bit deeper. Yeah. Well, I then don't the, think it would like the Thunder for sure. Like yeah, by, the, yeah. by the numbers and like the, uh, like when you look at the rosters, you're like, oh yeah, Kings would be better, but they wouldn't play better. You know, it's just like, yeah, sometimes I think and this is why, again, I'm still not sure that, uh, that like the Raptors actually won a championship. But like certain teams aren't allowed to do certain things. Like the Kings will never make the playoffs. I, I yeah. the Timberwolves will always suck, no matter how many like great picks they and all these guys they have. Um, that maybe that's a Wiggins curse now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. There's a it's like the Yankees and the Red Sox are always good. Lakers yeah. are always competitive, like except for when they weren't, I guess. But even then, it was weird. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. It's yeah, yeah. It's a culture thing. And until they have somebody who really can come in there and galvanize and change that team culture. I don't think it's going to change. And again, I love De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a great player. I think, you know. Yeah, me too. Me too. People do love, you know, going like, oh, De'Aaron Fox is so underrated. And yeah, he's good. But like, again, if he was that good, they wouldn't keep losing every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like, yeah, like Tyrese Halliburton, like, you know, he, he was only a rookie last year, but he's been doing, uh, he's been doing amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I don't know where they go from here, but I do know what they could do as a short-term solution. Get Marvin Bagley out of there because I know he's not helping oh your locker room. God. I mean, no, all, he's all the crap that's been going on around that guy. And again, I think that it would just be smart for them to disassociate themselves as much as possible with drafting him second overall. Yes. You take Marvin ba- like you take Marvin Bagley before Trey Young or Luka Doncic. I think that they just need to do whatever the hell they can to you know wipe their hands clean. Oh, Marvin Bagley, never heard of that guy. Sounds like a bust. <laughs> like, I, I honestly yeah, I think they he- should ghost him. Well, they are ghosting him already. They're not fucking, yeah. uh, you know, he's, they're out of the, he's out of the rotation. He refused to check in whenever oh, that yeah. was the other night. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. Like I've never, I've never, I don't remember really seeing so many pr- obviously tradable guys that yeah. a team is just sitting on for no reason. A team that's not even good. Like why, why, why are you so, you know, hard set on, on, on keeping Marvin Bagley there? Um, and you know, even someone like Buddy Heald and, and, and Harrison Barnes, like I was saying, like, I, I just don't get why, uh, you know, they're, they're so excited to be this, this team that is like, we're saying at best going to sneak into the play in here. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there, there's, there's a time, uh, and it, I know it takes courage to say, okay, we're going to go young again. We're going to start this over, but the sooner you just do it, uh, the better you're going to be. Cause if you just wallow in, in mediocrity, yeah. Um, which for the Kings even is worse than even mediocre. Like they're, they're somehow like convincing they're themselves never, that they're never getting a top pick either. No, that's, and that's, but they're not even middle, yeah, but they're not even like middle of the pack. They're still one of the worst fucking teams yeah. in the NBA. So it's, it's, it's very strange. I, I don't like how things have been run there over the past few seasons. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I really just think they need to start trading people. And I think I've been saying that for a while. I think that's mainly yeah. one. Uh, uh, never mind. Actually, we didn't even talk about them in our yeah, we season refused. preview. Which was we, smart. We that was another good yes. take. We yes, got, we got I, fooled by Harrison Barnes looking like the yeah. MVP for a couple of games. We should have stuck to what we said originally. You're right. You're right. We should have stuck to our, stuck to our guns there because, uh, yeah, it, it, it's looking just as bad as we thought it would. Um, yeah, just, just trades, trades, please. I want to see, I want to see multiple trade notifications, uh, up on my phone about the Kings, uh, on dra- uh, trade deadline day or before, please, please God. Well, and another thing that, you know, you talk about the trades there, 
And again, I, I, I saying it's, it's, it all comes from the top, right? Trickles down. Yeah. It's all about the front office culture. Uh, and I don't know if he's still there. So again, forgive my, my ignorance. I don't know the, the GM and the COO basketball operations for every goddamn team. <laughs> I know a lot, but I don't know that. Um, but uh, I know they used to have this guy and I know Vladdy Divok was part of this as well. Um, yeah. That like, again, the reason that they got Buddy Heald, like he was in love with Buddy Heald because he had like, he was a shoot, he was shooting like 42% from three or something. And his like that yeah. year. And he was like, he was, he was in love with Buddy Heald. He's like, oh, by the numbers, Buddy Heald's amazing. Like shooting the three ball. Like he's going to be the next Steph Curry. And so they gave up DeMarcus Cousins to get him. Yeah. They were so far into it. And then like, I'm pretty sure it was that same year around that time they were floating the idea about playing four on five defense and having somebody always underneath, like on the other side of the timeline so that they could just, if they got the stop, just throw it and he would have a wide open layup every single time or would force them to play four on four. I swear to God, you can look that up. That was a real what thing they the were going to do. They were going to, they, they did a weird fan night. And this is like all at the same time. This is like an insane year. I, I it was like two years. <laughs> they had the, this, they, I'm pretty sure they had a thing where you could like vote for who would start or who would like sub in or they wanted, it was insane. <laughs> they wanted like the fans to control the game. I was like, this isn't Randy. Like, this is nuts. Like you're like, you're literally, you're just doing like stuff. That's like not, it should be illegal straight to jail. Uh, so I, I'm not sure <laughs> if that's the same guy who's still there right now. Maybe he just like burnt out. Like he seems like maybe like a Silicon Valley guy. Is this Vivek? Or yeah. Is it someone yeah. else? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it okay. Is. Is he still I don't there? know. I don't, I don't know, man. I forget that's his name. Uh, yeah. if he's gone. Yeah, Vivek. Yeah. It, he's not. He, like, uh, I was South talking Asian, with Daryl Morey sure being like walking that fine line between like crazy and or dumbass or risk taker whatever i was saying back then i don't I, I mean i don't even listen to myself but trust me man that guy his, his feet never even touched he's been on the ground incapacitated swimming in dumbass juice the whole day man like i mean i i don't have any i, I could i could go on about negative things about the kings for like a whole well, podcast we, wouldn't, we it be, the, wouldn't be hard wouldn't be hard at all it'd be easy we got the we got the robert starver story on that i'm waiting for the sacramento kings like mismanagement oh, like yeah. over the past like 10 15 years kind of book or story or something about that because yeah this is and we, we talked about it with the pelicans uh you know if any team's going to relocate it might be them like sacramento they they they've been in talks to be relocated for ever like basically yeah. since i started watching fucking basketball like it has not been uh it's not been a fun ride for them and uh like i'm, I'm looking at their basketball reference page right now they're last in attendance um, and that's, yeah, you know, that's out in me. California where, you know, you'd, you'd assume it would be a destination where players would want to go and, you know, where they'd have a good fan base, yada, yada, yada. But it's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, the Supersonics you know, let's, back. Yeah. Yeah. Go to, go, go to Seattle, please. You can, you can stay the Kings, the Seattle Kings. I don't give a fuck. Uh, if you, you know, sure. make it easier, but uh, let's reinstate uh, the rule. Let, let's stop talking about the Kings, man. Let, let's start talking yeah. about Sacramento and let until they, uh, until they're uh, until above they 500. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, once you're above 500, we will consider talking about you. But we're, we're then, putting our foot down. Not another Back word. Officially, right now, we're no longer Sac- Sacramento Kings podcast. We don't talk about them. They're banned. Ooh, who is that? What what, were you, what did you say? Banned. They're banned from the podcast. Don't worry, man. I don't even know who we're talking about. Yeah, um, I don't know. Short-term memory, man. That's what all the greats yeah, are. Like Scotty Pippen. Blacked out. Uh, he's the best <laughs> Chicago Bull of all time. Great yeah, he though. is by far. It's not even close. Yeah, well, I mean, and that, that maybe that maybe we'll hint at that. I mean, uh, obviously, not quite enough time for a, a memeable moments of the week, but I mean, trust me, I got some Scotty Pippen in my back pocket. Uh, oh yeah, throwing out some absolute cap uh, on magnitudes <laughs> that I don't think I've ever seen before. Uh, one of the most petty men I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but we'll we'll get to Scotty Pippen uh, for our Monday episode. Uh, but everybody, thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of Big Dog Ball Talk. Your support means the world to us. Uh, follow us on all socials at Big Dog Ball Talk. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Again, whatever you want, we're there. Uh, yeah. And, and again, please download. Goes a long way. Share with your friends, comments, likes, whatever, man. We're we're here for the clout. We're begging for it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, on a serious note, again, thank you everybody. Uh, just even for listening means a lot to us and, uh, yes, it does. Uh, thank you. Keep tuning in every Monday and Friday. We're, uh, we're coming at you hot with another one, uh, this Monday. And, uh, as my friend Jordan always says, you're a wizard, Matthew.
Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. Man, yeah. I been a wizard. I really should have been a wizard, man. I, I sometimes like I, you, you ever sit there and I'm. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Worse. I think I sit, I sit there and I'm like, I want to move it with my mind, but I don't. I don't have it in me. It's not, I have the Muggle one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain. What next one in person? I'll try to explain what it feels like to do magic and yeah. you know move a bottle. I learned that pretty. I, I didn't even really have to be taught that. I just kind of knew how to do it. But uh, yeah, I can believe it's that. It's fun. It's fun. It's, you got, uh, you, you, your family. I can see you guys being into the witchcraft and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Uh, yeah, we do spells, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, you know. How, how would you feel like if you got the letter uh, going to Hogwarts? I don't know if I even want to go. Walk me through 11 year old you. Uh, I've you been would a actually, fan. You would go to that other school, the all boys school in Russia, where you another one. And oh, yeah, those guys are badass. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true, man. I would be like that guy. Thanks for thinking of yeah. Badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Keep big, go, full, We're all waiting for our letter.